Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Hey, hey, do you guys do you guys know what a sheep puts on its Valentine's Day card? Oh god, this is gonna be bad. What? What? <laughs> it's gonna be bad, I meant. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's better than what I'm about to say. But, but but what I was looking for is I love you. Get it? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best not to say anything else like that for the rest of this episode. But I gotta admit, it's gonna be a little bit hard because today we're talking about things like homonyms and homophones and homo all sorts of other things. Some of which I haven't even uh, heard of before. Some of which I haven't heard of. I can say that. And um, I, I do also have to say that I know the difference between homonyms and homophones, but I have to stop and think about it pretty hard every time to to make sure i know which one's which do you guys have that problem fletcher we're about to scream on this this topic we have been talking back and forth of homophones homographs homonyms heteronyms heterographs and we go we start talking about that we go wait a minute that's not a heterograph that's a homograph we're just (laughs) just to scream yeah this this is this is an insane provoking concept to all of it we don't like it so we're gonna like make everybody else learn about it (laughs) suffer everyone (laughs) it's an hour of pain today right We were thinking of quickly going through all of them in a very quick, or most of them in a very quick way, defining them and showing the differences. But the one thing we both want to make sure people really get is we're talking basically about words that sound the same but mean different things or words that are spelled the same and sound different and mean different things or the same thing. So it gets, it automat- I'm getting confusing already. I'm already confused, Ross. <laughs> Let's start with homonym. Okay, homonym is like kind of like, kind of an umbrella for parts of them, but not for all. Homonym is the meaning of the word is different, but they're spelled and pronounced the same. Pen, P-E-N. It could be a pen, can be like to write something. It could be a sheep pen to use the... Uh, you analogy earlier that Fletcher made. <laughs> or it could be the noun a pen, too. I mean, the, a, a, a pen that with which you write. Right. That's a homonym. Different right. meaning, same spelling and pronunciation. Right, and so that's homonym, same name, basically. They have the same, the same letters are, are, are describing them, but they mean different things. Exactly. Now Correct. we have homograph. Now it gets worse. <laughs> okay, and I don't know what, this one I've not heard of. I don't know what a homograph is. Okay, graph obviously comes from, you know, graphy mean, you know, writing. So it's the same it's the same spelling, but the meaning is different and the pronunciation can either be the same or different. So a homograph would be like bat. Okay, because bat would be the meaning of bat can be a bat and a ball. The meaning of a bat can be the flying uh, mammal, and the spelling but is the same. But that's also a homonym in this case as well. Very good, That Kathy. is both a homograph yeah. and a homonym. It is. <laughs> so there we go. There we have it. A homonym, all homographs are homonyms, but not all homonyms are homographs. Now, you said it can be pronounced differently as well. What's an example of that? A bow and bow. You bow, you lean forward, but a bow in your hair... Right. There's a bow in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was interesting because we got curious, like what has what word pronounced the same and spelled the same had the most meanings. And um, initially, the the most recent thing we could find was from 2011, and it was uh, set S E T had had the most meanings in the O E D, but run took over it, R U N. They had um, the editor, I think it was an editor of the OED, said that there were, for the verb alone, verb, uh, the verb form alone of run, it had 645 meanings. What? I thought you were going to tell yeah, me like I 16. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sure some of them are obsolete, but isn't that amazing? Oh, that's so good. So this is why, I mean, English, you gotta love it. <laughs> it's going to drive you crazy no matter what. <laughs> I'm panicking already. I'm getting that hot, nervous feeling. I am too. It's like being a kid and it's algebra and the quiz is coming. You're thinking, maybe I can get sick really fast, you know? Okay, so we do have what we just said. Homograph is the spelling is the same, but the meaning is different. That's the basic idea. Pronunciation can be either. Now we have homophone. Kathy? Okay, a homophone, as you can tell with the word phone, uh, the pronunciation is the same. The spelling in this case can be the same or different, and the meaning is always different. So, Ross, give me an example of a homophone before I before I like lose my brain. Brain. How about flour and flour? F L O U R for like you know making bread, and F L O W E R for smelling a flower. Yeah, sun and sun. The sun was lying out in the sun. So that's sound alike, different meanings. There was a big uh, Star Trek episode with that. Um, homophone actually Kirk goes to the one of the original series Kirk I was just watching the whole retrospective and Kirk goes down and I think the aliens are sun worshippers as an S-U-N and then Uhura at the end goes no captain it's S-O-N and even as a kid oh, it bothered me one. because they're aliens like you know the whole thing was stupid but that was their that was the whole premise of that show okay then there are heteronyms which are also now heteronyms are also a type of homograph Right? A heteronym, the meaning is different, the spelling is the same, and the pronunciation is different. Right. Heteronyms are a type of homograph. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got it. We, we need to diagram this somehow. <laughs> okay. Heteronyms are a type of homograph. So, so we'll go back to bow and bow. That's a heteronym. Correct. That's a heteronym. Yes. Okay. Okay, it is now a lot we, to so we take did. In. Boy, okay. Oh, there's more. Let's do it. <laughs> We're just, these are the quick ones now. Okay. Heterograph is the meaning is different. The spelling is different, and the pronunciation is the same. And there we have a very easy example, two, two, and two. T-O, T-O-O, and T-W-O. And I don't think I need to define these to any of us, because we all know the different meanings of those two, two, and two. They all have different, they all are different in meaning, and they all are similar in pronunciation, but they're different in meaning and spelling. And that's a heterograph, okay. Yes, Okay, here we go now. Because the graph is the spelling part, as opposed to the phone, which is the sounding part. Yeah. Oh, then there. Are, now, is that pronounced for us polyseme? Polyseme? I. That's how polyseme? I pronounce it, but I'm not sure. P o l y s e m e. These these you almost never hear. These two, I don't ever. Polyseme is the meaning is different, but they're related. The spelling is the same, and the pronunciation can be the same or different. Why did we put these in, Ross? Because I hate these. I don't know. And so let's give an example of a polyseme. Get. Okay. Get can mean I, I get something. I procure it. It can also mean I understand it. Yeah, I get that. I think an easier one would be mouse. Because a mouse, the little creature, 
but then it also became a computer thingy because it was related to the idea of mouse. It looked like a mouse. So that would probably okay. be a polyseme. Okay, that's a good idea. Okay. Woof. It's many signs. Poly is many, and then sema in Greek is signs. And the final one we're going to talk, well, we're not going to really talk about, is a captonym. And that's a word, um, as you can tell, when it's capitalized, it changes. I mean, an example of that would be August the month and August, something that's majestic. It's actually capitonym. I looked it up, actually, just now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Capitonym? Yeah. Thank you. I had no idea. That's one of those words I've only read and never said out loud. I've never said it out loud until two seconds ago. I just looked at the pronunciation. That one really gets me, though, because of uh, church. If you've ever gone uh, a Protestant church, they'll have the when they do the recite the creed, they'll say the Holy Catholic Church. And a lot of times they'll put a little asterisk over um, Catholic. And it'll be a small C to make sure people realize they're not talking about the uh, Roman Catholic Church. They're talking about Catholic with a small C, meaning universal. Right. That's a really good example I was trying to think of. All I could think of were like nationalities, like, uh, well, I guess countries, Turkey and Turkey. Democratic and Democratic, if you're talking about the political party. But I mean, the thing is that those are usually not identified. The ones that that always crop up in... In conversations, especially when you're learning a language, not only English, are the, the notion of homonyms, homophones, homographs, and heteronyms. I mean, those are the ones that, that completely blow my mind with the overlaps. Like a, They always remind me of a very sloppy Venn diagram, you know what I mean? But those are the ones, I think, that cause so much trouble in, in English. I mean, certainly since we're all English speakers, but in other languages as well. And, and back and forth between languages, too. I mean, certain words that we know in English have a different meaning. Like the word, it's when you look at it, means something else in another language, which makes learning another language quite difficult. Well, even in English versus English, that happens, right? Uh, in, in British mm-hmm. English versus, versus American English, a cracker, those are two very different things. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, then idioms the same way, too. I'm going to knock you up with making a phone call, which when I heard that years ago, I was sort of shocked. Oh. That's different. Mm-hmm. That's a different. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> Depends on context, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I'm going to throw one out that we've been seeing a lot. Marco Rubio, Rubio had tweeted this a while back. He had put, uh, please stop spreading sp- stupid rumors about martial law, about the government imposing martial law. And he spelled it M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. And since then, I, I was commenting to Kathy, I keep seeing it all over the place as martial law. And now martial law should be spelled M-A-R-T-I-A-L, coming from Mars, the god of war. And in this case, it's spelled and it's done frequently as M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, which is a name, which incidentally is not at all related to the other kind of martial. It comes from a horse, someone who loves horses or something. Now, martial law misspelled is, I'm going to give you guys a test. Is that a homonym, homograph, homophone, heteronym, or what? Uh, It's a homophone. No, yes. Sort of? Okay, different. Okay, spell different. It's a homophone. I'm with I'm with I'm with Fletcher. I mean, I want to say it has a different meaning, but it's just a a person's name. Yeah. Although if he had spelled it with one L, it would have a different meaning. 
Right, and that one actually makes a little more sense to me because if somebody's, th- I mean, the martial is related to the law, right? So saying martial law with the one L at least makes a little bit of sense to me. And then maybe people just misunderstand how you spell the the martial, like a like a U.S. martial. That's a very good guess. I think that's probably the reason for it. Which, speaking of which, reminds me of my horror when I was a kid. I thought I always heard the the phrase for all intents and purposes. I always heard it as for all intensive purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hear that oh, a lot. Oh yeah, we talked about that. I remember back when one of the one of the, one of the times we were talking about all those misheard what eggcorns. Eggcorns. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just repeating it now because it was horrifying because I really liked this girl and I said that and she sort of sneered at me like, "What did you just say?" So it still haunts me. <laughs> Going back to the martial law, though, I think what it is. I mean, the first thing I thought of is as somebody who shops at places is I thought of T.J. Marshall. I mean, T.J. Maxx and Marshall's, uh, the discount um, department stores. And I would be willing to bet that that misspelling would be because that's what you see. You see ads for Marshall's and you don't see Marshall, M-A-R-T-I-A-L, often. Do you? I mean, I, I can't really think of seeing it in, in the course of an average day. Whereas I would argue that I've probably seen an ad for Marshall's. Uh, unless you're talking about like martial arts, I don't really ever see M-A-R-T-I-A-L. Yeah, martial arts I yeah. see it, though. Yeah, yeah. Here's one that got me. I got this wrong. M-A-N-T-L-E and M-A-N-T-E-L. Do you know the difference? Those are those are homophones again. Right. Because the spelling is different. Ah, uh, but which and ones which? And they're also which? heterographs, I just realized. Which one's which? Um, okay, that's what I'm curious about if you knew. I did not. I made a mistake on this one. Kathy knew it instantly. I think L-E is the thing above your fireplace. <clears throat> No, you're thinking of the baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my signed my signed baseball that I have I have right above my fireplace. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, sorry, I meant my fireplace, not yours. <laughs> no, that's what Shoot. I thought. Fletcher, that's exactly what I thought. It's not the T E L is a thing above the fireplace. Ah, okay. I, I didn't get the it. L E is a cloak. It's a cloak. Yeah. There's another meaning for it. And the layer of the earth over the crust and the oh yeah that's true all that stuff although i just looked to hear also the cerebral cortex but i don't know much about brains except for using mine but whatever it also refers to i guess sort of like a like a covering again though in all cases it's sort of a covering boy that does really expose how careful you have to be though with these words i mean ross you and i pretty educated people and uh mantle is not a difficult word but we both got it wrong um and and, i mean you really have to be conscious of which word you're using in some of these cases well it's funny because a lot nowadays we get used to having spell check and i just out of curiosity i read a lot on google docs kathy and i did a little quick i did it deliberately did the wrong and and the spell check didn't catch me i did he's a serial killer with uh, the breakfast cereal c-e-r-e-a-l did not correct it I did, he has orange hair, and I wrote hair as H-A-R-E, did not correct it. Let's meet up tomorrow, M-E-A-T, did not correct. It was interesting how even today with modern, you know, AI and all of this and that, a lot of times your spell checks will not catch you. Which is one of the reasons, though, I think because of that, I, I mean, towing the line comes to mind. I think we've discussed this before, but 
that's a case where I think since it looks correct anyway, the incorrect way looks correct. So I think you start using it incorrectly. You're seeing the incorrect version more and more, and it becomes sort of interchangeable. And I don't think a lot of people are aware of it. No, I think you're right. Because now some of these do have the same, um, they, they come from the same roots, and then others do not, right? Yes. Because I think that's what further is confusing with homonyms, homographs, heteronyms, homophones, etc., is the fact that some of them come from the same roots, some don't, and, 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 and it's, it's a complete mishmash. This is one of those cases, I think, where language just is baffling, to me at least. Yeah, the other one like that is, I'm just curious right now if we, we could just quickly check, stationary and stationary. One with A-R-Y and one with E-R-Y. I, I presume we all know the difference. The A-R-Y being um, standing in one place and the E-R-Y being, um, you know, referring to paper, stationer, books and paper. Do they have a similar I had looked that one up, Ross. I had looked that one up because I was curious. And, and the odd things, two things about it that fascinated me is first, stationary, as in paper and all that stuff, didn't start really being used until the 1600s. And I, so it's it's a relatively new word if you're going to use the 1600s relatively new, and it appears that they both come from the same root, which is the Latin of a military station, unmovable, stationary. So both have the same root, and both. And it, the stationary part with the e, as a seller of books and paper, was because they were not roving peddlers. They had a fixed location. They had a bookshop. So then you even there because it's fixed, but there it's like a stationary, stationary store. Yes. You know what I mean? It's so interesting. Yeah, that's what actually that was what um, a lot. That's a lot of the, the origin of a lot of these words. They start with something um, that and then they move on from there. I think Steven Pinker had one. Well, we had mouse. Mouse initially meant a little animal and then it became a, a electronic sort of item. But I mean, this is sort of interesting because you do see how how meanings change and then sometimes they're preserved in two different meanings in two different ways and speaking of this i got this one i did not i knew this one just because of the latin but e eruption and eruption do you know them fletcher or not eruption i don't think i've ever heard that no me neither i know erupt as in the, the the eruption of the volcano but i don't i've never heard of an eruption with an eye well this was interesting this You're was saying? in the columbia journalism review and they were commenting that the new york times uh had a statement re regarding trump uh, trumpism is also a creature of the late obama er era erupting i-r-r-u-p-t-i-n-g after eight years now let's just think about this in terms of the latin usually erupting erupting like a volcano comes from the old latin x erupting and then the x kind of got away so it's pushing outward erupting in interrupting sort of means pushing inwards which is a really i was not aware of this word until i read it then i thought oh gee that makes sense wow that this is i've the, never heard of it before the, yep this is the very first time i've ever heard of that word the times use it several times which was interesting. And then this guy did a, this Columbia Journalism Review did a thing on it with 90 Nexus hits of erupt or eruptions. The one major use tends to be biological, where it means um, like a, a species suddenly becomes really prevalent in an area or something. It erupts into, into the biome or whatever. But the usage of it is like a sort of a normal word I didn't really know. 
I think, I'm sorry, this is a case though where I think that it's snob appeal using it. I, I actually do. Because I think it's, if it's normally used for biological, what do you think, like a, 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 an eruption? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I take exception. I call BS on this one. I, don't, I, I think it shouldn't be used. I think it's a snob word and you want people to go, oh, you mean erupt. And you go, no, 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 no. Don't you think kind of? I agree with you, but also I kind of am starting to like it a little bit. I sort of like it too, actually. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) The two of you are going to start using it now. Okay, I looked in the OED and it's almost always the the examples they use, uh, the, the 20th century examples they use are all about bird migration. Yes. No, actually you're wrong. Butterflies. The last one. Butterfly okay. migration. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Get it right, Kathy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I looked it up, of course, too, while we were talking here and, and you know, describing it as something that, that suddenly bursts in or, or uh, breaks into what's going on. I don't know. I mean, I kind of like it. I'm not saying I would use it because I'm with you on it seeming really snobby, but I don't, I don't hate it. I think I think it's kind of cool. I like it too, Fletcher. I, I and I actually agree with you. I'm not sure I would use it because I don't want to be a snob, but I think it's sort of fun. I like it too. Yeah, I do. I do. I I don't even. I feel weird admitting that because because I'm usually a thousand percent with you on this sort of thing, Kathy. But I don't know. There's something cool about it. I'm a little shocked with both of you. <laughs> and a little disappointed. <laughs> We go back to, though, the problem is, again, now, I would have corrected somebody saying I-R-R-U-P-T-I-O-N. But the point the guy was saying, though, actually, the point was that it he suggested that the author used it to give you sort of a resonance of erupt, erupt, to kind of play with it in that sense, which I think he probably did. And I do, I mean, I think it was it was deliberate in the sense of trying to, but he was also sort of playing off of eruption as well. He said that he's saying Trump is an outlier, mm. So he kind of like, in that sense, as an outlier, uh, I think it was a candidate at the time, an outlier candidate, he bursts inside something into the body politic. I understand what you're saying. But I would argue that like you could use erupt there and, 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 and it would be correct. It wouldn't mean as precisely what he meant, but you could easily use it. And it would mean something. Whereas with other homophones, homonyms, homographs, etc., it wouldn't mean the same. It would be it would be completely changing the meaning. Yeah, but I don't think. Uh, yeah, although he uses. Let me just give you guys another sentence here and see if this. It was also in the Times in a music review. Streaming arrhythmia ends with a uh, some group or whatever ends with a final series of eruptions, swift releases of musical tension. Now, he says the swift release sounds like eruption. Right. Something being ejected, uh, blowing out rather mm-hmm. than rather than something bursting in. Yeah. In this case, I would argue that mm-hmm. that was wrong. I would, too. Yeah. This is making me think. Wrong and bad. <laughs> this is making me think of, of one one um, set of words, I guess, that that people often use incorrectly, but but that really can change the meaning of the sentence. And that's effect and effect or effect and affect. Oh, constantly. And I think Ross and I actually had included that in, in one. Of, I think we did have that, Ross, and um, that doesn't mean what you think it means, because that's one of the most common um, mistakes. And you find that constantly. I mean, I, I think they were saying, I think it was like SATs, which now are not going to be around. That was one of the most common errors they said students made on the SATs. And, and I don't I don't think enough people nowadays get the difference. And I think that you're seeing it more and more. And again, I think you go back to what Ross was saying with um, 
with uh, with uh, correcting your stuff online, the automatic corrections, that's the kind of thing they often wouldn't catch because it could be the same, even though it doesn't mean the same thing. You know what I mean? The word could be properly used in a sentence grammatically, but it alters the meaning 100%. Right, and, and even... It can even get to the point where someone, I mean, we're, we, for the most part, people are usually using uh, affect as the verb, A-F-F-E-C-T, obviously not completely, but somebody could be using effect as the verb, like to effect change, and and someone who's used to affect being the verb might try to correct them when they were using effect properly as the verb, and, and I mean, it, it you really need to know the difference or else a lot of you can cause a lot of problems with even correcting other people. Yeah, I think affect effect is one of those words you I mean the, the two words you really need to know the difference of. Affect I'm going to be really annoying here and throw in another term. I was going to say and I was right. Affect and effect aren't pronounced exactly the same. So those are like called not only quasi homophones, those are also called cinephones cuz they sort of sound alike. But they don't exactly sound alike. Yeah, good. I, I just throw in another irritating term to no, make things more that's complicated. Great. I I did wonder if there was if there was a term for that because you're right. That I mean, when we're when we're just speaking, we usually just say effect. Uh, but but you're right. It, they aren't pronounced exactly the same when you pronounce them correctly. And I I did wonder if there was a term for that. So that's kind of cool to know as well. Yeah, cinephone is a cool one. I like that one. We had that. We found a cinephone on. Um, I think it was uh, Young Frankenstein, where he uses the word incredulous instead of incredible. And he, I, is that a cinephone? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's sort of a cinephone, really. He, he was saying this is an incredulous yeah. thing or something, and it should have been an incredible thing, not an incredulous thing. It's a great movie, but that was the one problem I'm just trying, for me. But there's like flout and flaunts. I mean, there's a bunch of those. Ingenious, ingenuous. Mm-hmm. Ingenious, ingenuous um, is a biggie. Valet and Valley, actually, just like the... My valet or my valet, if Ooh. I was British, which I prefer anyway. It sounds cooler. Yeah, I like that too. Are you too familiar with a book called Anguish Languish? No. It's sort of a book of, I think, stories, maybe like fairy tales, and they're all rewritten with words that sort of sound like the words that ought to be put there instead. So I love that. Yeah, the one that I remember very well uh, is called Ladle Rat Rotten Hut, which is Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's fabulous. It's, it's so wonderful. The story goes, once upon a term, there worsted Ladle Gull who lived with her murder in a Ladle Cordage off a ridge on a lodge dock florist. Wow. Yeah. That sounds almost Chaucerian. <laughs> it, it's magnificent. You really ought to check it out. Anguish Languish. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at Powell at KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that at your local independent bookstore. Order online if you have to. Also, be sure to check out Kathy and Ross's most recent book, Awkward Moments. That's word, like what we're talking about, awkward, W-O-R-D. Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And, of course, Kathy and Ross have written a lot more. They're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. 
Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.